Hey, what's up, fam? This is Champagne Sharks. This is your host, T. Uh, Trevor, you can find me at Ricky Rawls on Twitter, R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S. And I have with me Mike. Hey, everybody. Happy to be back in the place to be again. Uh, This is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Black Exception One. Let's get it cracking. Yeah, we've been gone for a little bit. It was my fault. I've been sick. I had some kind of ear and throat infection, and it's been coming and going. It's It started getting better, and like a dummy, I went out to an event, had a couple of drinks, and it just knocked me right back on my ass. So I think I'm finally better. I um, went to the doctor, been resting up. But yeah, we've been out of the loop as a result so pardon the tardiness and i'll be honest i feel a little bit rusty man so i don't know how you feel mike i feel a little rusty um we're recording before and i actually didn't like how it turned out we were kind of meandering i wasn't feeling it but i blame myself i've been rusty i don't know how do you feel mike i think we can do better i I definitely think we could do better um you know i blame you as well um yeah, I, de- I deserve it. You should. I, I appreciate you being you honest. Yeah. Take any other blame. But I have faith in you, Trevor. I believe in what you can do. I'm a fan. And I'm just here to watch. Oh, man. No, please. Don't just be here to watch. <laughs> I'm counting on you to pick up some of the slack. Don't... <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I'll get in the game, too. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it for me. Do it for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, in the last episode with Adrian, you unfortunately found out that there's a Patreon to the site, so to the podcast. So now there's no point hiding it anymore. So I figure we might as well front load a request for people to donate. If you enjoy the show, but you're only listening to the free parts of the show, you are only getting half the content. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash champagne sharks. And for $5 a month, for the sum of only $5 a month, you will get access to not only two episodes a week, but access to all the premium bonus episodes of the past. Yeah, for the price of a McDonald's value meal. So just we coming up on the new year. You know, you go, you're going on a diet like me. So, you know, we're going to cut out those number threes with the supersized fries. And you go come hang out with us on the Champagne Sharks. Yes. And even if you have another way of pirating access to the extra episodes, just pay anyway, because why not? It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Hey. 
We're gonna start a P. We're gonna do a PSA with uh, McGruff, the crime dog. I wonder if any of these millennials know who McGruff, the crime dog, is. You know, I say shit, and then I realize, damn, you old as hell. <laughs> yo, yo, you wanna know what's funny, man? Um, we get listeners, but we don't get a ton of comments. You know, I find it interesting. But we, when I say like on SoundCloud and stuff, we don't get a lot of comments. You know, it's, people just, just tend to say like on message board and stuff, or maybe on Twitter. Oh, good show, good show. Or they might email me and like have some like corrections or some extra links that I might like. But the one show that got the most actual comments like on the post was the one where we were talking about rap. Mm. And it was just all these comments like, man, these guys are old, man. These guys, <laughs> these guys are some get off, get off my lawn. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, old as shit. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of millennials like cracking up. Like, like Nobody angry or anything. But they're just laughing like, man, these guys don't like anything. These guys. Man, I, I mean, you know what? I started I start to feel like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah. I hear stuff and I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, I hear myself saying things and I'm like, damn, I sound like my old man or something. You know Man, let me tell you something, man. Getting uh, get off the lawn is my brand. That's my brand right now. I've I'm going full force with get off my lawn, man. That's you know that was actually an original idea for the name of this was to call it get off my lawn. But then I feel pressure to always have to rant yeah. about that topic. So you know I, I didn't want to be, get tied. I don't into know. That, I'm not quite yeah. there yet. I mean, I, you know, I guess I, I am and to an extent, but I don't want to be. I'm still fighting it, I guess, because, you know, I think they get a lot of, you know, they get a bad rap, these millennials, in a lot of ways, you know, and they get blamed for things that aren't their fault. So I don't. Oh, well, man, have you ever seen one of those lists of everything that millennials get blamed for? It's pretty uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> they, get, they get blamed for a lot of stuff. Somebody put up, like, this thing of everything. Uh, someone put. If you put millennials getting blamed for it, someone compiled 70 things millennials have been accused of killing in the news. And then uh, somebody put here are the, all the things millennials have been accused of killing. And some of it is like really um, funny, like cruises, napkins, running, golf, soap bars, sex, relationships, marriage, face-to-face interaction, vacations. I mean, uh, some of it is true, but some of it's ridiculous. Like wine corks, uh, department stores, a bunch of stuff, and it's, it's pretty, wow. it's pretty funny. But yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't jump on the pile on. But we should do a show about new stuff that we like because there's a, there's a lot of new rap that I like. You know, I I shouldn't be. Um... I would say there's a lot for me. There's really not a lot of new rap that I like. I w- let me. I guess I guess it depends on how. You, well, you know, like. I, like I can vibe to it. I don't necessarily like it, but you could just kind of zone out to it. Like they, they got a lot of good beats and I might not understand what's being said, but I just can kind of, yeah, I can nod with it. I started liking new rap better after I signed up for Spotify mm-hmm. because I was thinking all the stuff on the radio ah. was really the business, but I started realizing that would be like trying to use the most popular rap in our day to judge what was good. And you would end up with like, um, can't touch this. Yeah, 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 exactly. So on Spotify, some people make some pretty good playlists and I've been listening. I was kind of surprised, um, at there's actually some, some good, some good stuff out, some good stuff out there. What do you, what do you like that's new as far as, um, I don't know, man. Like I'm still, I'm still, 
into gangster rap type stuff. I'm still into that kind of hardcore type of. So I I've been listening. To, who's 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 even doing who's even doing gangster rap now? Know, not so, so much gangster rap. Like, it's not gangster rap nowadays. More like I guess you would call it trap music. And you got like you got like um, I guess Yo Gotti's still out there. Uh, uh, money. Like, oh it, yeah, oh yeah. I like I like Yo Gotti. I like I like him. I, I like uh, Money Bag Yo. Uh, that's one of Yo Gotti's artists. Uh, who um. There's some. There's somebody. There's somebody else who. What's What's his name? He has a song. He has a song with Drake, but that doesn't really narrow it down. Um, he does trap music too. Damn it! I usually know his name, and it's not coming to me. Um, trap music that did a song with Drake recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Gucci Mane, but I don't think he counts yeah, as. I don't know. As I don't know what he, anymore, I mean, right? he kind of reinvented himself after getting out of prison. Um, so is I mean, he's pretty much the same interior repackaged. Um, I don't know. I did like Kevin. I did like Kevin Gates until he just said too much off the wall shit. Yeah, exactly, man. You know what? And I kind of missed the days where you didn't know a lot about your artists. Yeah, you there was know? no Twitter, so they couldn't say dumb shit that made you like. And that's what happened. That's what happens. I really, honestly, mostly what I listen to is still stuff I used to listen to. Like I still listen to Tupac. I still be listening to Twister. I still listen to the old Dipset stuff. Uh, uh, State Property. Um, you know what I mean? Old Old Ti stuff. I like that Kodak uh, Black song. No flocking, um, but that's a couple years old, and I'm like, oh, this is not bad. Then I tried like, he just came out with No Flocking too, like about a month or two ago, and it was pretty bad. I don't know what happened to him. Like that guy started out pretty good, but that No Flocking too, I was like, oh, I got my hopes up. But oh, oh, but this is one song. It's called Spar, with this, um, the, someone called is Dreezy Six Lack and Kodak mm-hmm. Black. That song is I pretty good. You know, it, it's actually kind of conscious, which kind of surprised Future me. Future and um, one of those Migo dudes, I can't remember which one, they did a, a tape together. Um, I think, was it Future? No, it wasn't Future and the Migos. It was Future and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, the other androgynous kind of dressing. Oh, Young Thug? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they did one together. And I had some good songs on that. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. I started liking Young Thug. Um, but you know, it's funny. I've, I realized why a lot of people I don't like, cause I'm like a typical, like kind of New York guy where I've listened to 90% of my music in headphones and I always have. And I think when you, my theory is when you listen to music in headphones, my theory is that's why New Yorkers get so, or at least used to be so obsessed with lyricism because you're like walking by yourself or sitting on a train or doing something like we have nothing to do but pay attention to the music coming in your ears. So now you can really pay attention. So you want to hear like lyricism or something introspective. You got this long ass train ride to do or get a walk in the snow with your Tims and you want to be like really engaged. But I was, I tried to listen to Young Thug and all that and I wasn't getting it, but I was taking a cross country drive one day and I played Young Thug, and 
inside a car with the booming system, it was a totally different experience. Because now I'm not really yeah. trying to pick apart the lyrics with a fine-tooth comb. I have to look on the road, pay attention to the cars around yeah. me. I just want to beat and just a nice cadence and just like a nice little kind of flow I can kind of half listen to, half put in the background or not so complicated. I take my eyes off the road. And that's I think maybe it's why different regions of rap evolved the way they evolved because of how the people in each region had to listen. Man, leave it to leave it to you to break it down <laughs> like that. But that's that's interesting, you know, because you know here, you know, in the Midwest, or I should just say where I'm from, you know, I maybe if like you were in a city like Chicago, they might can relate to that. But their uh, their train rides are I don't think is nearly as long as like what you guys have to go through. Um, a lot of people don't even really take public transportation like that in Chicago. But like here, you know, every you know every everything is you know, not too far from where you're going, you know, where you're at is not too far from where you're going. So, you know, it's, yeah, I guess I, that makes a little bit, a little bit of sense. T, that's, I got to think about that one now because, you know, I could imagine being on a train for 45 minutes with all these weirdos around you and you not want to look anybody in the eye and you just <laughs> You just want to be in your own world and doing whatever. And like, that's a perfect environment to just pick apart like every syllable or whatever. And, and yeah, cause I felt it myself when I was taking this long drive and I'm not, I'm not used to taking long drives. The type of music that I was liking was not what I normally like. I was listening to like, like I didn't really get, get future before on a long drive, you know, bump and the, this car had a really good system too. So like when you put up the bass, it sounded really good. And yeah, I, I suddenly, my, my, I opened up my heart to a lot of different music I normally wouldn't like. And then I started thinking, maybe I really like this now. And I tried to listen to like Young Thug again in the train. And even though I liked it more than before, it wasn't the same as when I was listening to it in the car with the windows down, like, you know, blasting. It was Well, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense now that when you think about it, though, because, okay, like, I don't know, like, what you guys were doing out there, you know, in New York, but like, Around here at house parties, you know, we were playing house music. You know what I mean? We we were playing, you know, we wasn't playing like, you know, Nas, and we just wasn't playing it at the house party. You know, people would listen to that in in, in the certain situations, but not you know at the party. You just trying to see some shaking and wiggling. Yeah, get your, oh, you know, get your grind on, your slow dance on. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's definitely something something to that. I mean, uh, listeners can weigh in on. The theory if they want but yeah that's that's kind of my theory on why different music evolved the way it did i think now people kind of just don't care because now it's such a global culture i think you know people just do whatever because now in new york they listen to the same music it seems everywhere everywhere else does you know it's yeah okay. it's not really regional things anymore you know but for for how things used to be i think that's that's um how it goes but i wanted to jump into the main topic for today also by the way subscribe to champagne sharks on patreon again just one more time um i want to talk about megan markle and what's going on with her and all these um black women kind of going crazy about the idea of um uh air quote black princess 
Yeah, yeah, Black Princess. It's kind of weird. And let's start with the most recent thing and work backwards. Good Morning America did a tweet. And the tweet said, um, let's see if I can find find the tweet. The tweet said, I have it close by. Here it is. Tweet said, for many black women, Meghan Markle's engagement offers hope. And when that tweet happened, a lot of people went crazy. Like, what do you mean hope? Blah, blah, blah. What do you mean offers them hope? You know, and some people were responding and getting mad in the replies to the tweet. And Good Morning America had to change the name of the article. So they didn't take down the article, but now the name of the article is after Meghan Markle's engagement, some are celebrating. And I guess somehow celebrating is supposed to be um, less offensive, less offensive than saying that it gave them uh, hope. And what was interesting about this article was this wasn't the first article that said it. There were a lot of articles in the news, including the white media, that were saying that exact thing. Megan, Megan Markle's thing is giving uh, black women um, hope. So, you know, I find it interesting that I don't know why this one got on people's radar. And for example, a day before International Business Times said, Prince Harry, Megan Markle's engagement gives black women hope. That was December 6th. International Business Time by somebody named Catherine Armacine. And if you just Google Meghan Markle, Black Women Hope, you see a lot of articles. So first off, I don't know what, why this particular article saying that it gave them hope was such a big deal. That's number one. Number two, I'm not sure why changing it to celebrating, Black women are celebrating, is so much uh, better than saying it gave them hope. And then number three, I think it's kind of fair to actually say that it gave them hope. Like, I don't even think it's even well, I, no, a nah, No, because I don't think the majority of Black women subscribe to that. There was just a very vocal, a very uh, loud minority of women in, in higher places that were really uh, just... Uh, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I should rephrase that you are absolutely right and i thank you for that um as usual i have to give the disclaimer uh the black women who work in the mainstream media do not represent uh the average black person out there in the streets just the same way you know any uh black person that works in the mainstream media because these are people who are all like um selected you know they aren't they don't have like a real yeah. Constituency that's what, in that's where the Roland uh, Martin, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's something we're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like you know, these people don't actually have like a broad, a broad base among the black people. They're kind of like uh, what Yvette Crenel calls uh, a Negro whisperers. They're 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 selected to be in that position in order to uh, give that kind of. Uh, canned black uh perspective that has been prescribed for us by the liberal white media 
Yes, yes, exactly. And they're kind of put there to be kind of a gateway to, um, I guess, to well, to, well, to kind of explain what the natives are saying to the white people. But the problem is they've been in the white people's house so long, they don't even know what the natives are saying themselves. They're kind yeah. of making it up yeah. on the fly themselves. They don't even really have a direct line to it. So, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, not actual regular average person, the street black women, but the black I mean, they women. Didn't, they didn't say all black women in the headline either. So, you, I mean, I guess people could, you know, take it like that. But they didn't say all black women. All they just said black women. Like they, they said, they said black women, and they didn't say all black women. And what they do is, in the article, they give examples of black women celebrating, but all the black women who celebrate are those, uh, blue those, check, uh, yeah, yeah. So-called intersectional feminists in the media, you know, the blavity. Yeah, blacks. Yeah. The blavity Buzzfeed blacks. And it's important that I say so-called intersectionals. Cause you know, the yeah. media intersectional intersectionality is different than, um, the academic you know, version. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is like the, the Fisher Price, the Fisher Price, my first intersectionality type of intersectionality. It's very <laughs> kind of dumb, dumbed down and, and neoliberal. They're Google, but Google uh, and intersectionalists, you know, they read. A, yeah, a, yeah, exactly, exactly, like, like, exactly. So that's kind of what they mean, and it gives, it gives, um, it gives plenty of examples of um, people's articles, but uh, someone put. In, in Harper's Bazaar, just give some other titles. Like, like, this wasn't the first person to notice this. A woman of color, in Harper's Bazaar, they said, a woman of color is joining the royal family and Twitter is rejoicing, which I think is fair because, you know, it is true. true. These people are over, they're over, they're overrepresented on Twitter. Sure. You know? So, you know, s- someone put, uh, A, we're going to have a black princess Ready to slay you bitches. Hashtag Meghan Markle. Um, some, somebody put a picture of um, Carlton doing the Carlton dance. It said, black girl royalty. Yes. Black girl magic. You know? Yeah. Um, someone put Lawrence Fishburne and a bunch of other people uh, dancing in a crowd. Zerlina. Okay, listen to this. Selena Maxwell, who recently wrote a essay called Trust Black Women. Uh, we talked about her in the show before. She's one of those people who tries to convince uh, Democrats, uh, centrist Democrats, to hire more black women and and always wants credit for black women helping get Hillary elected. She says, she tweeted, and this is mentioned in the Harper's Bazaar article, there is still hope. See the word hope? There is still hope for us black girls. I guess I should have been in London looking for a bay. Um, someone put a picture of Beyonce and her backup dancers um, dancing, and it says, black girls are getting ready to defend Meghan Markle from the inevitable racism. Um, and... That came from that came from a black actress who works on the CW. Um, somebody else put 
can't wait for Meghan Markle's black aunties to roll up to the royal wedding. Like, and then it shows like two black women with their purses kind of walking very um, stereotypically. Right. And that's a black woman who works for BuzzFeed, who writes for BuzzFeed, formerly Essence, Columbia, Columbia Journalism. And mm. so, 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 you know, these, these are educated. You see, they, yeah, didn't, they didn't get it from nowhere. They didn't get that. They didn't get, you know, um, what was that? Good Morning America didn't just pull that out of their asses. I mean, some very uh, visible black women were just gushing. Yeah. Uh, really enthused about the situation so you know i mean it's not you know not to mention the other you know not famous people that were tweeting so happily uh so it's not like they just got it out of nowhere yeah yeah and this harper's bizarre thing has a ton of compiled tweets but they weren't the only one to do it um somebody from in cosmos somebody had an article Meghan markle will be britain's first half black princess and I'm living for it. So, so this woman said, "I'm living for it." You know, yeah, and and this is this is this is life. This is giving me life. You know, uh, oh, this is the this is the biggest thing that happened this year. This is like, you know, you know, so it's like Brown versus the Board of Education. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> um, weird, you know. And but you know, she did use the word hope. This. Uh, Black woman. Then Allure had a had an article. Um, let's see what what else? There, there was there was a there was a ton of them. Oh, Philly dot com. The Phil the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, Prince. This this black woman wrote. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's engagement is even more proof that black women can have their happily ever after. Um, mm. Elizabeth Waddington and. Um, this one was a little bit, this wasn't even the worst one, but it says, I awoke Monday morning to the news that actress Meghan Markle was engaged to Prince Harry, and it's looking like the couple will tie the knot in the spring. Exciting. Maybe it's the prince's red hair. Maybe it's his scruffy hipster beard. Maybe it's his penchant toward humanitarianism. Who knows? All I know is that I've been a fan of Harry the Hot Drop for more than a minute. This 33-year-old highness brings out the cougar in me. Insert purr here. <laughs> Markle, best known for her role as Rachel Zane on the U.S. <laughs> identifies as biracial. Her mother, yoga instructor, Doria Raglan, is black. Her cinematographer dad, Thomas Markle, is white. This means Markle will be the first woman of color to enter the notoriously stodgy British monarchy. She, she wanted the title princess because she doesn't come from royal blood, but we know she has the perks. Um, we're on to say she straight up landed herself a real life prince. Hallelujah! This news is particularly heartwarming when black women are constantly inundated with purported statistics that try to prove we won't get the happily ever after. Take the canker from my Facebook feed this weekend. Quartzy Global Lifestyle editor David Kaufman attempted to explain why former daughter Malia Obama would be kissing a fellow Harvard student who was gasp, a white guy. Never mind that Obama just may like 19-year-old Rory Fukuharson. Often trudged out all the expected facts. According to a Pew Research poll, only 30% of black adults were married as of 2015. 
And yes, it's especially hard for black women, especially those with degrees, to marry an equally yoked brother because black men don't go to college and they end up in jail. Sarcasm intended. And then Kaufman threw in this almost four-year-old factoid pointing to OKCupid. Black women are America's least desired group by men of all races. Ouch. Double ouch. So this is why I sat at yet another Thanksgiving dinner table without a partner at my side. Because nobody finds me attractive. And then... What? She goes on to some more, uh, you know, reasons why she feels bad about herself. And she goes... But that's why Marco's engagement news is giving me life. She's helping to change this sad narrative into a fairy tale. You know, all all that's just a smokescreen because they're just swirlers. You know what I mean? It's not it's not it's not about uh, black women not being able to find a happily ever after. Uh, It it is if that if because their desire is that happily happily ever after with the white guy. And they're just not being honest about it here. Yeah, but but you know what's weird about that is to me, that sounds like um saying that it gives her hope. That's exactly like, what you she know, said. She, she, Did she, she say that? Didn't she use the word hope? Uh she didn't use the word hope, but she um pretty much I mean well, if, the if lines, it's given it's her life, she's coming from a place where she didn't felt feel that she had life. So she, life, she, yeah, she yeah. was I, I she think was bereft of hope. And now she has hope. Yeah, I think giving life is actually even stronger really than is. giving hope. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it gave her actual will to live. Right? That's Philadelphia Inquirer. And this came out like a day after the announcement. Then, But this one was even crazier. Uh, Meghan Markle's Magic. This came out in Shondaland. Shondaland, this is written by Kendra James. Shondaland is Shonda Rhimes, uh, yes. creator of Scandal. Spoiler Her uh, online. Yeah, yeah, that's a big uh, magazine for that crowd. I mean, not not big show for that crowd, Scandal. Uh, she, this says, Meghan Markle's Magic by Kendra James. In this year of horrors, it's important to celebrate life's victories, however they present themselves. So it says, black girls, please turn on international players anthem and repeat after me. We win. And not to dwell on a long story, but she clearly does not understand what international players anthem is about. She thinks that that's the theme song to this because it's it's not a romantic song if you actually listen to it. But actually, let's discuss that real quick, because this is a perfect example of how like a lot of the this crowd doesn't even understand the culture, right? International Players Anthem starts with a very romantic verse. It's Andre 3000 getting married to like yeah. what he feels is the woman of his dreams. And the first verse is supposed to represent the honeymoon period of a relationship. But it's actually kind of a cynical, jaded song because the song is called I I Choose... The, the chorus of the song is I Choose You, right? I Choose You is an R&B song that came out in the 70s from the Mac about pimps, right? Yes, by Willie Hutch. And it's about I choose you, the pimp choosing the hoe. Now, the song, and it's open to interpretation, but the first verse is that. And he is, and Andre 2000 is the googly-eyed, naive honeymoon period guy in love about to get married. And he's like, I'm giving up all of the girls. I choose you. 
The next two verses are by UGK, Pimp C, and Bun B. And it's the perspective of a pimp choosing a hoe and getting her on the track and making her, you know, hit the track to give him money. And Pimp C's verses, arguably, he could either be a John or a pimp. It kind of goes both ways, but you know, he's talking kind of about spending money and putting the money on the dresser, which is how you pay a whore. You know, so I think Pimp C's verse is um choosing the hoe as a John. I think Bun B's is choosing as a pimp. And then the fourth one is the last verse is a big boy going through a divorce and being angry at women and saying how uh, you have to get a prenup, she'll take half your money. So it kind of runs the whole gamut. And to me, I think it's kind of a cynical song saying, oh, look, all relationships at the end of the day, you're just, um, yes, yes, it's all, it's all transactional. Or maybe she does get it and this is a transaction that she likes. I don't know, but, you know, it's, I don't know. you could, you could be, you never know. But you know, a lot of times we don't give people credit. I don't give people credit for being uh, as mischievous as they are sometimes. So maybe that was a kind of a double entendre on her part. Yeah, maybe she does. But I did notice a lot of people on Twitter were kind of putting up that first verse of International Players Anthem. And I'm like, that song, if you're thinking it represents like romance and happily ever after, that's not what the song is about. But basically, it was like pimp, pimp hope dynamics and then like the dynamics between. Uh, 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 kind of a rich and famous guy picking like, you know, a Robin Givens type that's going to get get off with their money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all about the transactional stuff. And the first guy is almost painted as being naive. And yeah. the next three are painted as what's really in store for him or what he's really uh, signed up for. And that's not uh, accidental, but um, m- moving on, here's the rest of the article. Yes, we, us, black girls, we win. Meghan Markle's engagement to Prince Harry is a win for all of us. Yeah, the monarchy is totally capital B bad, a colonial system from a bygone era that's a drain on modern day resources. But for today, this week, we win. We won so hard that Whoopi couldn't wait to move on from Meghan McCain's wedding, and she was sitting right next to her on national TV. God bless. For the next few months, I will watch, read, listen to, and otherwise consume every piece of media leading up to chronicling and eventually based on Meghan Markle's spring 2008 nuptials. How much do I have invested in this couple? I am deadass actively looking forward to watching Paula Patton star as Meg Malarkey in 2019's Tyler Perry Presents Medea's Royal Wedding because the because between the collapse of American democracy the rise of American white supremacy mainstream culture and what and whatever the hell is going on over here, and she links to a Trump article, it's been a long year for black people, okay? It's been a long year for anyone with an ounce of sense, but living through America's 2017 iOS, which is supposed to be, which is what they call it, the Apple operating system. I don't know why she said that. Is 100% worse when you have to do it knowing damn well that th- none of this is your fault. And she links to Trump winning, like saying, like, you know, you're not responsible for Trump and you have to live through this era, which I'll argue for black yeah. people. I don't think life is that much worse. Under exactly. Trump. I, I would kind of like to. I would just. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, for I everyone mean, else, way, worse, she yeah. would have to. She would have to. She would have to. Uh, uh, 
I would need some receipts on how it's been so much harder this uh, 11 months, almost you know, 12 months under Trump than the before. previous eight years, yeah, or whatever. Even though I won't say this tax bill is the first thing I've seen that you know I could say could really make yeah. things worse for black people than, be, yeah. than before. Oh, uh, uh, for my financial, for, yeah, from, for yeah, financial. I mean, not really. I mean, not really, man. When you when you when you scrape on the floor, which yeah. which the numbers, you know, maybe individually, you know, I'm not I'm not hurting, but uh, you know, generally speaking, the numbers tell us that. We're pretty much on the, you know, we collectively are on the very, very bottom, and with like really with no much nowhere lower to go. I read somewhere that the net worth of black people in Boston was like eight dollars average. Mm, like wow, so, I mean, how much worse can you get? Yeah, and that's one. That's one of the things I want to have a guest on about to talk about the uh, tax bill. So, you know, I don't want to go on too on into yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, I, I am curious to see just how much that's going to disproportionately hurt black people. But I agree overall, black people are already doing pretty bad. Yeah. And I'm not really buying this whole like, oh my God, us black people, like it's worse for everyone else. We're, we're where we've always been. Yeah, exactly. We just have some company. Come on in, guys. Yeah, exactly. Pull up a chair. Exactly. Everyone else, everyone else is going to become a nigger for at least four years, too. Pull up a chair, baby. Yeah. So it goes on. Meghan Markle is our prize for making it through 2017. Meghan Markle is the bachelorette finale we deserved. Meghan Markle is the lone beacon of, here's that word, hope that 2018 is going to be lit. Meghan Markle's engagement is a sign that the powers that be approve of black royalty. Parentheses. We're going to make it to Black Panther without dying in a nuclear winter. 2018, year of the dog, year of the black ass princesses. <laughs> now, now, first off, you see that word? She's the lone beacon, lone of, beacon hope. of hope. So the other one said gave me life, which I would argue is even bigger than hope. But this one explicitly says hope. So you wonder why did everyone get so mad at yeah. um, a- ABC? Does like she, AB, like these women. Does she, does she have any responses to her article? Re- the one that you just were reading? Were there any comments? That's a good. That's a good question. Maybe on Twitter she did. I, oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't uh, check. But you know, it's interesting. This um, this woman who wrote this, I um, searched her uh, history, and she had like articles about being like the only black girl in boarding school, and what that was like, you know. And then she uh, wrote a lot of. Um, bird stuff you know about different comic books but then she's also the one who wrote this article breakfast lunch mm-hmm. and fucking dinner uh do you remember that one about how colin farrell's oh, sex her? tape shaped the way i thought oh. about se- yeah same, well she's definitely same. she's definitely a and swirler this, you know what i mean that's definitely her get down and, and that's why yeah. that's why this whole thing is you know not only did, did uh this woman of color get a white guy she got the you know the pinnacle of white guys uh you know, it's just a dream within a dream. <laughs> she got a prince white dude. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this article, right? I'll read something really quick. This is, a, this is a previous article. I think about Colin Farrell's sex tape a lot. Elite in 2005. If the same video dropped now. I take to Twitter 
decrying this clear violation of personal privacy. I can't bring myself to watch it again, even as I work on this piece. But I had fewer scruples when I was in high school. I clicked play and clicked again and again and again. The video was the first file I ever torrented. It wasn't about the sex. I contemplated it constantly. But actual sex was an unknown, something I, that I was certainly interested in, but that I couldn't partake in just yet. Was this video a good example of the act? I had no idea. For as many times as I watched it, I couldn't begin to give you any details now beyond that famous line about how Farrell was going down on his partner for breakfast, lunch, and fucking dinner. The film, such as it was, captured my imagination for different reasons. The woman Farrell growled at line at was Nicole Naren, his former girlfriend and the Playboy Playmate. They made the tape together in 2003, and despite the grainy footage, I could still see that she was black and beautiful, and one of my biggest celebrity crushes was very clearly into her. So she was into this thing because it was proof that white men approve of black women. And one that white one that white women found desirable was choosing a black woman. She continues, this was a huge deal. Add another name to add to the short list black women semi-jokingly keep. So she's kind of painting all black women with her brush. Then the list with names like David Bowie, Chris Evans, Prince Harry. So she mentioned Prince Harry before the um, engagement. Even George Lucas and Robert De Niro, all white men in the public eye who've dated or married black women and haven't completely fucked it up yet. It's a small list. And in high school, it was even smaller. In fact, out of the many plastered on the walls of my dorm room, Colin Farrell was the first one to demonstrate that he might be physically attracted to someone who looked like me. And it just goes kind of on and on about, you know, how much, um, how much, um, validation she gets whenever a white man chooses a black, a black woman. Yeah. It's kind of sad, you know? And she talks about like growing up feeling kind of, uh, Ugly, like feeling lanky and curvy prone, lanky and acne prone and whatever. And, you know, how all the, uh, the, this is is a line that's in it. She goes, not just like me. I was lanky and acne prone. Nicole, which is the black woman he was with, was curvy with gorgeous long hair and a clear face. The entertainment industry pumps out leading men seemingly on a white bread factory line and most of the other women my Hollywood crushes stepped out with looked nothing like me. Orlando Bloom was still dating Kate Bosworth. James Martin was married to a model who exemplified European beauty standards. Johnny Depp, it was a different time. And French white model Vanessa Paradis had two children. And before her, he dated Kate Moss and Winona Ryder. Brad Pitt was in the midst of leaving Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie. The list went on, and there was no indication that a black woman would ever become someone these men would be interested in, not from their personal lives, nor the films they starred in. They didn't owe me that. If it, it wasn't as if I thought I had a chance for any of these men, and I didn't begrudge them their relationships, but it meant my desires fell even further afield. So she's basically looking at every white man who's like cute and white bread. And looking at every girlfriend they're with and um, saying, why not me? And she's looking like really depressed that these white men aren't um, dating 
women who look like her and yeah there's i mean it's kind of it's really sad like you know like uh, i i know we joke a lot and make fun but i actually don't want to make fun of this you know yeah because um, it's just like hitching away like damn like what if like i how i don't know how it would feel to go well I why would shonda ryan's print this that's one question why why would she actually Instead of getting this girl some counseling or something, like why would she like encourage it? Why, why would she let, like if I was this editor and and I hired a black person, they wrote yeah. this to me, you know, I'd be like, hey, first I don't really want to print this, but let's talk, you know? Yeah, let's talk. Or <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna hey, print this, you okay, sir? Let's, yeah, yeah. If we're gonna print this, let's go somewhere with it. Like, don't just put this uncritically. Like, yeah. do a like, journey. Like she's it, like, like well, because I think maybe they think there's nothing wrong with that point of view. But for you know, yeah. but it's, obviously it was making her miserable, and it, and she has to get some type of excitement vicariously by one of these guys choosing a black woman, or and it, well, in Meghan Markle's case, a biracial woman. Um, it's weird. She doesn't even identify as black. Yeah, she she's given interviews and penned something for Elle, where she made it clear she doesn't really identify as a black woman. She identifies as like other. Yeah. As, you know, yeah, she but, she I refused. Mean, to, she refused to check the black box or the white box. She's you know, which is fine for her. You know, but I don't. I, that means I can't really get excited about her. You know, they, what is it? It's not doing anything for me. It's, just a, it's a win for biracial women, right? And you know, like yeah, our, our, what's our sister's name? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a is it Key Mike Key Meek Key Key Mike Kai Meek Kai Meek Sister, please forgive me, sister. I don't mean to. Mess oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, Kimik, Kimik. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but um, please forgive me. I, I, talk- I know she listens to us. I know she listens to us too. Yeah, yeah. She, she's always dropping some bombs, and um, you know, I think I remember her, her pointing out in her tweet that of how um a lot of these same type of women were getting upset when a a, a a so-called woman of color that looks like Meghan Markle was being portrayed in, in, in one of those uh, 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 hair care product lines or something like that. And, you know, they were all upset and they're always, you know, shoving us aside for the light skin, this and light skin, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Shea Moisture had biracial at some biracial and white women and light skinned women in one of their um, ads. And Shea Moisture specializes in black women. And they were really upset uh, that this woman was chosen to represent black women uh, or these type of women, like light skin. There was also some um, HBCU homecoming thing where some really light skinned woman won it. She looked like very. She was one of those light, bright, yeah. almost white yeah. type of black women. And they got really mad. They were like, you know, you call this a black woman and stuff. So it's, it's kind of interesting that Megan Markle yeah. kind of has that. I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, point right, that she brought up. Because, like, uh, you know, yeah. why is it exciting in this sense? But then you feel erased. And, you know, in, in, a, in a situation where, listen, like, it wasn't just that biracial woman they had in that campaign. There was, you know, they just decided to include her because... You know, they were trying to be more inclusive of like what it meant to be black, you know, and they were upset about that. Who you know, already don't get enough uh, representation, but now they feel represented in the royal family. And I don't get it. Yeah. And, and, and to give to and to give something fair. Right. Pace magazine wrote about the Good Morning America thing. And it said, um, 
Good Morning America rethink this tweet. But, you know, before we even go there, I want to point out something else. Uh, and Kimik also pointed out this. She pointed out that in October, a black, a black American woman was chosen to be married by an Ethiopian prince. An Ethiopian prince um, met a black American woman and married her. And none of these people cared. You know, this uh, black prince didn't matter. So, you know, they have lots of black princesses out there in Africa. But on top of that, they even have black American princesses being chosen by African princess, princess, uh, by African princes. And that doesn't matter. Like, this was just in October that this, um, that this prince chose a African-American woman to be his princess. And you don't see anything about that. So a lot of them saying, Oh, it's just about being happy to be royalty, but no, it's about particularly, uh, white royalty. It's, it's that seat at a table mindset. They want a seat at the table and, you know, they don't want an African table. They want a nice historically white. They want a white table that they want a table that white people care about, you know, and, because white people don't care about an Ethiopian prince, they don't care about Ethiopian prince. Yeah, they know it's not going to impress anybody white to say, "Hey, one of ours married an African prince." You're going to be like, you know, so what? He's an African booty scratcher. You know, even if he's even if he's well educated, whatever, he, he's just going to be he he's just going to be an African booty scratcher in a suit. But white well, that's royalty, deal, yeah. that's, that's actual. That's, that's what counts. That's the only that counts. You know. Yeah, yeah, and they've uh, internalized that. But, um, yeah, so Good Morning America got into a lot of grief, but to be fair to Good Morning America, they um, they linked to a mm-hmm. bunch of these yeah. articles. Now, the author of the Good Morning piece said, hey, you know, I understand why you're yeah. mad, but I don't choose the, um, mm-hmm. I don't choose the headlines. I just wrote the piece, and... I agree. The headline was wrong. So the author was basically agreeing that, hey, the headline saying hope was wrong. And she was acting like she wrote something else. But to me, when you look at the article, okay, sure, her article doesn't use the word hope, but everything being described, everything being linked to strongly suggests um, hope. And I guess what my thing is, yeah, what's the difference between celebrating and hope at the end of the day um the way that they were using it i I don't see much of a difference at all um it's i mean she pretty much you know they have to they have to make the headline uh be as uh intriguing as possible and i think brief as possible too so i don't understand why they would get so upset by uh, the uh, title when the actual body of work was also, I mean, it, 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 it pretty much, you know, the title summed it up. The title summed up the, uh, the actual body of work within the article. So, I mean, you know, what happened, I think is what you mentioned before or and privately, probably not on, on, on live, but that when you kind of hold up a mirror to people and it, it, it reflects back to them what they're actually saying, you know, it, it, they want to attack the mirror instead of, you know, checking themselves. Yeah. So one thing I'll add, Pace Magazine did a response that I thought was pretty good. 
because they um they mentioned this um Pace magazine mentioned this article, but they kind of acknowledged that you know it was kind of created by the black women in media who were egging on this narrative. So the, the Pace the Pace magazine article says uh, it's called Good Morning America. Rethink this tweet, and it says um, the response in America has been extremely positive as black women resorted to black girl magic to celebrate the marriage scheduled for the coming spring. But it turns out even these joyful responses can be ill-considered because they can reveal harmful attitudes. Case in point, Good Morning America's recent article on the subject. So, you know, this article is kind of saying, hey, you know, this Good Morning article, this Good Morning America article, it didn't come out of nowhere. This online celebration by a lot of these black women in media uh, reveal harmful attitudes that lead to um, kind of things. And she says, but, and this is the thing that she says too. She points out that a lot of people found the headline insulting. And what we were talking about off air is I think that a lot of, because, you know, like we say, these media writers don't represent all black people. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't represent all black women. I think when you read the replies to Good Morning America's tweet complaining about the headline, they all say, um, you know, who the hell is this? Uh, who, what do you mean? Like, like, like we're that star for uh, attention. We need whatever. And I think the problem is these were regular, real, you know, black women. And they were also taking a lot of, in the replies, a lot of the authors quoted in the Good Morning America article to task like you know they were complaining about these writers you know mm-hmm. yeah as in who are these writers and why are they saying this about black women like like there were a lot of these black women were, were upset to see that these black media women were being posted as spokespersons you know that's, for, that's for their, their fault though that's I, that's totally their fault though because they let these women say all this stuff unopposed nine times out of 10. I mean, it, nowadays they're starting to kind of react. I mean, because it's, to me, to my way of thinking, it's really on the sisters who don't think that way to uh, not let these women become the, you know, at least to be vocal against letting these chicks be the representation. Because beforehand, but they weren't really. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something slightly different. This is what I think. I think where a lot of these people write, mm-hmm. These black women don't go to nah. see. So when they go to Good Morning America, it's a very mainstream kind of normie yeah. site. I think this is the first exposure nah. to no this. No way, because they, they're all on Twitter. They're them. all on. They're all over Twitter with that. They're, you got all those swirlers. The all the uh, you know man hating supposedly black feminists pushing that line. You know. They, yeah, but you you would be surprised how many church going regular black women. Don't follow a Feminista Jones. Don't follow a Jamila Mew. Don't I follow don't, these people. I don't like a lot of people just they, they manage to make their way across my oh, timeline. Yeah, but I think people like me and you might be a little more um, connected. I I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of the I think a lot of people because I you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people just don't really um, 
Oh, okay. I'm willing. I'm willing to give. Oh. Them, I'm willing to give them that benefit of the doubt, uh, if that's the case. But as as it, as it becomes more obvious that these are the people that they're using to represent what they think, I think they're going to need to be a little bit more vocal and 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 uh, expressing that they do not speak for the entirety of black women. And you know, I mean, even think about it with that Oscar so white thing. It, it's basically the same thing. They're always begging. They and that was mostly black women. Um, on that we're begging about, you know, the inclusion and the representation. So it, they they need to really yeah. be like, hey, we're not this thirsty for a uh, 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 white attention generally or white males attention specifically. If you if you rock with them, you rock with them. But like, they're not gonna lose no sleep about it. Not, and, and I think they really need to be a little bit more vocal in expressing that opposing viewpoint. Yeah, I I agree with that, but you know. I'm just going to say, I do think there's some people that might be on Twitter, but they're like following like Tavis Smiley and Steve Harvey and, mm-hmm. and you know, people like that. And maybe some of them are really actually blindsided. These are the people who are um, representing them. Uh, here's, here's, here's some quick stuff. You might be right, because I didn't see that before I joined. And I'm, I'm, I'm late to Twitter. Uh, I, I, you know what? It was a, it was. A really a shock to my system when I seen some of the stuff that I seen on, especially like the feminine, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, that stuff yeah. really threw me for a loop. I mean, you know, I, you know, my mom watched Oprah, so I was exposed to like Oprah, and you know, exposed to some of that, you know, a little bit of that man, black man ain't shit type of. But like Twitter just took it to a whole new level that I was unprepared for. Yeah, here's something interesting. Um, that girl Kendra James. Mm-hmm. She has been in. She has written numerous articles about Hamilton. Like she wrote, like race, immigration, and Hamilton: the relevance of Lin Manuel Miranda's new musical. And she's appeared in other people's articles talking about Hamilton. Like she, she was in this New York Post article. It wasn't written by her, but she was profiled in it. And she said, "said Kendra James gave her family a heads up that she'll be a little stingy with Christmas gifts this year. Her money's going toward Hamilton." Never mind that she saw Hamilton twice already when it played off-Broadway's public theater. She's just one of many theatergoers lining up for the hottest ticket on Broadway. So she saw Hamilton twice and she skipped Christmas gifts for her family to see it a third time. And, and you know, and you know, I say Hamilton. Well, this, the third time was going to be on Broadway. The other ones were off-Broadway productions. Yeah. Does that matter? And, and then it gets. I'm not afraid. And then it gets better. She wrote another article in 2016. Um, saying why I dress in Hamilton cosplay for Comic Con, so <laughs> she's basically a combination of everything I've said on this show. Because I know some people think that yeah. I'm making stuff up or I'm too hard on people, but <laughs> so she cosplay. She's a blur to cosplayed Hamilton in Comic Con. So you know what? When I talk about these people have toxic politics, like like finding out all this extra stuff in her past repertoire, you know, kind of really. Um, Show, yeah. shows yeah, you're good you're good for that man which i definitely appreciate man i think it's important to know who it is that uh you're talking about and getting as much uh you know not taking i think i, I get caught up in that too was just taking this particular article or that particular article and running with it and not paying attention to who to the context it, of what else a person has written or their background right. and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah this yeah, is why i appreciated your episode of Hamilton, and then I appreciated, you know, how you took it, like how, what, what, didn't you uh, mention how this, uh, Lynn, uh, Man, what's his name, Manuel? Yeah. Uh, how he was a big fan of uh, 
uh, uh, Sorkin, right? Yeah. And you just broke all of, you know, it was, it was, it was really interesting. And I would have, I couldn't have sat through the, uh, Hamilton for, uh, <laughs> so I definitely appreciate you for that. Oh yeah, I suffered <laughs> through it. It was it was tough. Um, there wasn't there was a woman here, right? She wrote, "These two are going to have the cutest little redheaded melanated babies." Bet. And then I looked, and this person was a lecturer of African American history and Africana philosophy. Wow. And the cre- and the creator curator of an African diaspora project and uh, uh, African American like studies department. Uh, member, so so you know, it, it's what I'm saying. Like, these aren't kids. This person is actually teaching African history, and she's talking about fetishizing crazy, imaginary quadroon quadroon babies. And that was the and one then, that was writing about Hamilton and doing Hamilton in cosplay. Oh no, no, that was oh, someone okay. else. The oh. Hamilton, the Hamilton cosplay girl was the one who wrote the the one saying that uh, the the two Shondaland articles, the one saying they gave her hope. Oh, okay. I was about to say, wow. And the, one, and the one saying that Colin Farrell and all the white guys, you know, shaped her thing. There's another article. Listen to this one. In Elle magazine, what Meghan Markle's rural engagement means to 16 black women. And it's all these same uh, types. They all look the same. It's all these same um, intersectional media, academic, you know, writer types. It says, although it alone doesn't solve systemic social problems. Representation matters. Like representation matters appears right in the uh, thing. And they just have all these 16 women. One of them, again, is, uh, is Relina Maxwell, you know, and there's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of um, others. I, I'll send you, I'll send you the link. They almost all have natural hair, which is not no, surprising. No. They got the, they, they got the looks down for what they want. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, this is what I always kind of get on about how we make ourselves look. Cause I was making threads complaining about these articles. And the reason I complained about it is because like, I feel like it gives like white people a license to make fun of us as looking like pathetic and attention starved, which is, I, 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 yeah. I, I think it's fair though. I mean, even though, you know, I think it to a degree, it's, it's, it's more than less of us that are, in some way, uh, looking for that representation, and I look at very vocal. It's a very vocal minority. Yeah, yeah, but I agree with you. That's a minority. Like they don't represent all of us, but they're the ones that are given the platform to make the rest of know, us look man, bad. I don't know, man. But I was just thinking about it. Look, look how happy everybody got when Obama got elected. Like if that was, I, I don't even. That wasn't even a minority. That was, uh, you know. I think Obama. I think Obama is slightly different, though, because you kind of have to dig beyond the image to um, really see. No, because yeah. the optics are good. I mean, he's ma- he's married to a black woman with two black kids. They're all like you know, and and he has the cadence, and he was in a black church. I mean, he crafted an image. Yeah. This doesn't even have good optics, really. I mean, she's marrying right into. You can't even say, "Oh, it's a good image," and then when you go beyond it, it's weird. I mean, she's marrying into. An empire, inbred relic of an empire that once controlled half the world and abused like black, brown, and Asian people on like the Victorian Empire, like they controlled like half the world from one end to the other. 
it was it was ridiculous. And this is and the the abuses that were done in that name, the sheer amount of colonization, the the money they're still spending that was built on the black on the back of black and brown labor. I do think that this is an even more ridiculous level of representation matters because first off, she doesn't really look black. She doesn't identify as black. And not even at least with Obama, you can fool yourself thinking he's going to turn things around because he has power. And I think what you're saying is right in that a lot of this, a lot of this, a lot of the earlier stuff opened the road for this because that, that constant representation matters just kind of dilutes what counts as a win more and more. Oh, no, I, was, I guess I was, I was missing your point. And I think now I see what you were saying, where, where you're saying Obama at least pretended to represent us, whereas she doesn't even claim to be black, doesn't, you know, you know, she touts her biracial experiences as something different from blackness. And so I guess I see what you're saying as far as that with representation. And you know something else, like Obama was getting into a position of power, at least the illusion of power. Yeah. I mean, we realized after the fact he didn't really have the power to do anything. But you think, oh, this is legend of the black man, of the president being the most powerful person in the world, you know. But with this thing, there's no power out of it. She's just like ornamentation. Yeah. You know, this is the royal family is just a relic to a bygone institution that represents like... It's just a throwback to imperialism, monarchy, like stuff that, you yeah. know, is oh, oh. very un- undemocratic or whatever. And it doesn't even mean anything. She has no power to do exactly. anything. She's yeah being integrated into a, you know, a, a non-ruling monarchy. And, you know, it's all symbolic. You know, they, they still receive money from the government, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, I, I believe they do. And it's just, you know, like you said, they're just feeding off of society and feeding off the misery that they caused, you know, for the last, you know, 600 years. They're still living off of that. And, you know, you feel good about being integrated into that, you know, bully for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the Lily had an article by a black woman named Ashley Stoney, and she was saying why black women are celebrating um, Meghan Markle's engagement, you know? And she talks about using words like inspiring and all this stuff. And she ends it with, um, she, end, she ends it with this week, we celebrate Meghan Markle, certainly not the first or last black woman to marry a prince, but a notable one. And above all, we celebrate the fact that we're good enough to be princesses too, which again is stupid because there are plenty of black princesses yeah. in black countries. And there's not even the first black princess in a white country. There was, um, they were talking about, one they were talking about back. Queen Charlotte from, you know, you know, so like, yeah, you know, yeah. stop. But it was a recent, there was a recent one too, a couple of years ago. But but you know, it, it's but it's also funny. Like it's not about being finally getting to be princesses because you had plenty of princesses. You just exactly. got the whitest prince. Exactly. You know, this is the most important they, prince. This is the most important royalty to white people, and you got that, and that's what you're happening. You're that much closer to white validation. You know, just, well, and they, I just I, wish I, they I could kind of, they said uh, as much as like now they're going to have to respect us. Now they're going to have they're going to have to respect her in, in, in turn meaning they're going to have to respect all of us 
like uh, that's a that's a reach. Well, that's a reach that they'll even respect her. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Princess Diana yeah. got that much respect amongst amongst the elite. No, 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 she 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 didn't. But she was wilding out. That's a whole different story. Like her, she, she had, her image is very like clean cut. But she was cheating and doing all types of stuff. She had a very interesting, interesting life. She was not easy to control. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't blame her because that who who'd want to stay loyal to that? I mean, it didn't look like a fun life. He 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 was cheating with that other lady too. So I guess he felt like yeah, exactly. So it's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like you know, um, but you know, um. Yeah, so just to round up, like, I think it's kind of funny that a lot of people got mad at this article that Good Morning America did and piled on it. Because first of all, it was written by a black woman and it had receipts. The article is just full of links to black women um, acting crazy and some of them straight up, you know, (laughs) using the word hope. And I find it funny that even the black woman writer of the article kind of tried to distance herself by saying... um, yeah, I understand why you mad at the title, but I didn't choose the title. And it's like, okay, so you didn't use the word hope, but, you know, it's still basically about hey, hope and winning. Hey, she might not get a job again because that's kind of low-key throwing her editor under the bus. But Oh, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, you know, Good Morning America did do a response to it. Um, hmm. They responded. They responded to... Uh, all that, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I wonder if she's going to um, get in trouble for doing that. Yeah, it's that that was real, you know, real. Like, hey, I mean, first of all, because because the title wasn't that far from what she wasn't far off at all. wasn't off. It wasn't off. It coincided precisely with what she was expressing in the article. Again, I don't really think. Uh, I think the clarification that needed to be made was that this is only some black women and not all black women. Yeah, that was the only clarification that probably... That was the only clarification that needed to be made. But but this whole fake distinction between super excited and gives them hope is yeah. just BS. And then the, Especially because some of the articles say hope. Yeah, and then on the back end, uh, blaming the uh, readers for possibly not reading it all the way to the end or just going off the headline is really as disingenuous too, because I read it and I, that's, I think it was that's the what I came away with. Yeah. A lot of people who were mad were also complaining about the content uh, too and quoting different parts of it. Hey, it's, uh, that's, just, that's, just like a, yes. that's just like that, that, you know, like, like, I guess what you were saying is that the, the, the initial response to the engagement and the response to that article was from two different sets of black women. Is that what you were kind of, is that what you were basically saying? Um, that's my theory. I mean, I have no, that's the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise it's just totally hypocritical, which wouldn't be really out of the realm because something else too, is I think a lot of that, uh, fake intersectional Mm -hmm. crowd that was doing all the old celebrating, when they saw how the tide was turning, I think did join the dog pile. So I do think some of the same women were doing the celebrating and the critiquing of the um, Good Morning America article, but only because they saw how it was going with the rest of the black women and they wanted to be kind of on the right side of the debate, you know, which is why I think they started doing this fake distinction of, 
oh, the headline misrepresented what was actually being said. So now by saying that and by doing it the way the griot phrase it, you know, the griot now makes it seem like, hey, they created this new narrative of, hey, Black women who are mad, don't blame the original Black women the article is quoting. Don't even blame the Black women that wrote the article. The original Black women were actually saying something that was okay. Uh, the headline writer, who's presumably white, he fucked it up. He said hope, when it's really, we're just super excited and feeling, you know, uh, which you just have to think about it. What the fuck's the difference? You know, like like you feel super excited and validated and, you know, whatever. It's it's like, okay. It's, it's, I mean, it's a stupid it, game. It, it, listen, yeah. it, there was plenty of women that said what that headline said. It gave them hope. It gave them life. It, you know, it's a beacon of hope. It's a beacon of yeah, get, of, yeah. It's you know, so you know, you can. That's you know, I find a lot of a lot of those people they like to play those word games. They like to play games yes. with semantics, and yes. you, you can get caught up in that all on its own. And it just and it's just a way to kind of you know get you off of what you're actually talking about, which is the patheticness of the excitedness or hope that they feel. And now we're now we're just you know, we're arguing about meanings of t- words. And and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what, um, at the, at the end of the day, they know a lot of people have a short attention span and they'll move on to something else. And a lot of people don't really yeah. read. So a lot of people are going to see this excuse and just eat it up at face value. They're not going to go back to the original article, you know, because because what we do is not common. Like, you know, like, like we kind of pick things over sometimes, you know? For this podcast, yeah. a lot of people don't don't do all that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You know, which which is you know, I guess that the other thing that I, I'm glad about is that you know I would once I started reading stuff like that, and I was just like, man, these people are batshit crazy. And I'm thinking like, you know, I started seeing it all over, and I'm like, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe some, you know, maybe something's wrong with the way I look at shit. So. I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that other people, you know, see things the way I see them and are able to articulate the things that I think, but might not necessarily be able to express in a coherent manner. Like my brother, like my brother Trevor does so often. (laughs) I mean, I mean, we try, man. I hope to think we're providing a service, but yeah, I mean. I think um, we've said enough about this subject. And my brother D Mills too, who not with us but wished to be. You know, say we miss you, brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still with us on this earth. He's just not with us today. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to convey that kind of. Yeah, he's still no, with us. <laughs> I don't think anybody took it that way. I'm just being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but you know what? The way I said it, it almost had like a like a somberness to it. Like, damn, I wish D Mills was still with us. You know, he's with us physically and spiritually. It's just he's not here at this moment. He's still on Earth. How how fucked up would it have been if he actually like did die and we took this long to mention it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all really care, huh? Our end. You're supposed to start off uh, on that note. <laughs> yeah yeah that'll be like extra fucked up uh all, all right bro so yeah i think um 
I think it's a good place to wrap it up. All right, now I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate everybody for listening to us. Um, if you find it valuable and you find it entertaining as well, and you know we uh, provided you know some service to you, you know consider clicking that Patreon for us one time, won't you? Yeah, and again this week I was uh, sick. I think I mentioned that already. So. Yeah, we'll we're uh sorry for being late and we'll be back on track. I'm feeling pretty healthy these days. And uh, the main takeaway I want to give to this from this episode besides donate to the Patreon is be careful about how you make other black people look. Like Yeah. This is like there's a responsibility you have when you're in the public eye. Like, you know, this that Good Morning America article would not have been possible without all that thirst out there. And I don't want to just act like we're dogpiling on this group of black women because there's a lot of uh, black guys out there fucking up the game. And we've gone pretty long. But to be fair, to make because we shouldn't just be dogpiling on on black women. Uh, Elon James White. Did you see what 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 he um? No, what I did, did not. You know who you know who he is, right? Yeah, I'm blocked by him. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I don't you, know I'm why. sure. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I'm sure you deserved it. I'm I on his side. Did. You, yeah, you probably did something. I'm annoyed. But, uh, <laughs> um, he went private on um Twitter. Um and deleted a bunch of tweets based on something he said. I don't know if you're aware of it. Did you see what he? Um, I'm not. Uh, you know what? I might, I don't. I don't remember. I think I might have been because I think that's why I went to looking for it and realized I'm blocked. Yeah, yeah. He basically was trying to do one of those um, pandering to black women tweets that a lot of that that woke media Twitter tries to do. He he has some kind of he's in the media. I'm not sure what show he does. I think he does a podcast called This Week in Blackness or something. And he does some other um shows too. I think I think uh, Oh, I'm not I'm not blocked. It's just I couldn't I couldn't access him. Oh, 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 oh yeah, he, he went he went I thought I was blocked. No, you know what it is? He went private because he got so blown up by uh Twitter. He had to kind of go into hiding. Um, but here's what happened, right? Let me read this now. He was trying to win some cool points with this um, tweet, right? So, you know, like a big thing to do now with uh, woke Twitter and, you know, this whole magic black woman trend is to kind of do some, uh, you know, pandering. Like, for example, Common put up a tweet the other day. He said, the time person of the week should be black women, which is like incredibly lazy panda. Cause at least name a couple, like, like just, what does that mean? Just, just black women. Like, like you can't even take the time to just pick one, anyone, you know, they all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like take, take the time and pick like a really great black woman. What does that even mean? But anyway, so this is what Elon James white wrote. He put, I don't talk about the racial aspects of my relationship much outside of jokes. Uh, he's married to a white woman, but I assure you there's shit that makes it really hard. And it ain't black women. My in-laws, meaning his white in-laws, and quote-unquote well-meaning white folks have been so much more of a problem 
than a black woman could ever be. You know, so so say <laughs> he's there trying to defend uh, what he thinks is like black women and say like you know black women give me strength or whatever. Mm. So it goes on. I was not allowed to attend Thanksgiving dinner with my wife's parents for the first two years we dated. Wow. Her brother literally asked for his birthday present to invite me, and her parents were like, nah. And you know who supported me through that bullshit? Black women. (laughs) Almost every time I've had some ridiculously racist situation happen with my wife's family, it was the black women in my life that would provide counsel and a shoulder to melt down on. They would give advice and check in on me. If it wasn't for black women, I may not be married to this white woman and a racist family. That's my addition. Mm. Uh, now. Oh. So basically, he's thanking black women for <laughs> helping him marry into this so, family that didn't even want him to show up to Thanksgiving dinner. So, so, so okay. I mean, it's tough. it sucks, but what, what happened and made him lock his account? Like, okay, I get it. Hold on. And I assure you, I wasn't as clear-headed on this shit 13 years ago as I am now. I had some serious learning to do, and black women helped me so much. In all honesty, it was my black male friends who were feeding into the toxic narrative about black women and interracial relationships. But I've been married for five plus years and been with my wife for 12. The idea that I'm anti-black because of the interracial relationship that constantly reminded me of my blackness and highlighted the white liberals pro-equality in public, just not with my daughter mindset. (laughs) Okay, buddy. The reason why I wrote all of this isn't as an explanation for my relationship, but specifically to speak as a black man married to a white woman and say unequivocally that the bullshit some Negroes put on black women is just that bullshit. Don't get, don't let ashy fuck faces get you twisted. And to also make crystal fucking clear that my love for my wife does not supersede or replace my love for black women. I'm held up across various aspects of my life exclusively by by black women. My wife doesn't negate their influence in my life or my love for them. When I'm hurt, depressed, overjoyed, excited, I reach out to black women. They hold me down. Hell, black women hold my wife down. They check in on her to make sure she's good. So what's all this bullshit about again? So basically, he thought he was just going to do the uh, pander to black women thing. You know, black women are everyone to lean on. Black women are there to just do emotional labor for everybody. And also... Oh, and the requisite throw niggas under the bus. Yeah, exactly. So he he throws in like, oh, these these black men ashy fuck faces. Fuck these black (laughs) men. And it really backfired because... All of Twitter went in on him. They're like, wait a minute. So you're saying that black women are great oh, wow. because they encourage you to keep going back to this racist family that didn't want you? Like, <laughs> like these black women are so great that you would rather keep going back to this white woman's house to have a family keep shitting on you and not even be able to go to their dinner for um, <laughs> two years you can't even go to the house for two years. Then you come back to black women and use them as a shoulder to lean on. Then you also say that they're great because they even hold your wife down. They said they, say they check it on his wife. So like, they're basically like, it makes them sound like mammies. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, black women are so great. I refuse to marry them, but they hold me down anyway. Yeah, they, they uh, <laughs> and they hold on. 
my my wife they're just providing emotional labor for everyone across oh, the board oh and the census was having none of that huh oh man it oh. It, it backfired uh so oh, bad because people were saying uh don't put that on us like 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 black women are encouraging you to go to um <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's why he locked it up because it didn't go the way he wanted it to go <laughs> yeah yeah he thought, yeah he thought he was going to get a bunch of likes and retweets and pats on the backs and crying clapping pointing this is you emojis and all <laughs> yeah 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 and some people were saying stuff like imagine not being allowed to eat thanksgiving dinner with your girl's family for two years then showing up for the third year <laughs> oh my god that's that's the one that's that's the one that's doing for me <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I, were, they would never see me i would never uh cross they door. man listen i'm not gonna even get it wow what's this yeah Elon, yeah what does he do again elon james what yeah, um, here here are some of the tweets people put up. He put Elon James White tweeted how black women performed performed the emotional labor that allowed him to endure his wife's racist family when they wouldn't let him come to dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! You know what's funny to me yeah. though? The funny thing is, in my head, I'm looking at. I can see this guy. I can't really picture what he looks like from this little cartoon thing, but. I could just picture him in front of the laptop, typing away and smiling. Like I'm gonna kill him with this little thread right here. And then yep, yep. when the, when when the comments started trickling, then it's like, wait a minute, this is not going the way I wanted it to go. I don't hold on, wait, stop. What I was trying to say, oh, delete, retreat, retreat, lock the account, lock the account. <laughs> uh, and, and and you know you you can Google, you can no, sorry, you can search Twitter for black women. Elon James and the people just were going on, going on and on about it. So yeah, yeah, he's pretty much. Uh, he started blocking. This is funny. He started blocking black women who questioned him about how insulting that is. So he would say they held him down to the minute he fucks up instead of saying, "Oh wow, I fucked up. I apologize." And he worked it through. He's just blocking them. Oh wow! Oh my god, man! You can't make this shit up. Yeah, really yeah. Yeah, so he started uh, blocking him. He, so <laughs> some black women said, why did Elon James block all the black women who had an issue with the problematic thread of tweets? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, some other, some other woman said, Elon James literally said he used black women for emotional support when his wife's wife, when his white wife's family is being racist toward him. And then said he would never acknowledge black women as romantic partners. And people just kept going on. But it just goes to show, man, like... You can't take these people at face value because they just say yeah. whatever they think people want to hear. You know what I mean? And this guy's one of the main anti-racist like commentators, you know? It's his... Uh, I don't know what else he does besides that podcast, but he's... he's it's a pretty... Well, he had like... I, I, it said like he had like 70,000 followers and... Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Um, he is. Oh no, he's born in Brooklyn. Okay, God, I t- we took stand, another L. Stand up, T. Stand up. Accept yeah. that L on behalf of Brooklyn. Yeah, we're taking a lot of them. Yeah, so see what I mean. Brooklyn's so big; it's just hard, you know. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, yeah, but no, I, you know, I we att- we attract we attract a lot of these weirdos who come here for journalism. Uh, for journalism. Oh, okay. Uh, so he careers. might not really be from Brooklyn. No, 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 no. He's from Brooklyn. That's what I'm saying. We attract a lot of these people, but this one, 
But this one was actually born. Actually, wait a minute. He's a homegrown nut he's... job. <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait, wait. On Twitter, no, on Wikipedia, it says that he was both born in Brooklyn, but in the same article, it says he was born in Pittsburgh. Mm. So one of these is wrong. So maybe Brooklyn might not have to take full responsibility for this. I don't know. There's conflicting information here, but yeah, he he was a commentator on Melissa Harris Perry's show. And the VH1 series Back to the Future. Okay. And he was he's been on I probably said um man. I watched most of Countdown with Keith Oberman, the Joy Behar show. Mm-hmm. And he's um has been on and he has this thing called This Week in Blackness. So yeah, he's um You know what the messed up part about that is? It's like okay. You know, I could say something crazy on this podcast. Like, I don't remember. I don't know. If, remember that time I said, what did I say? Brought, he brought in or something like that. Did I, I used a, a <laughs> I made up a word. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you made up a word that time. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, hey, that's all. It's all out there in cyberspace. Like, you know, I went to work and nobody, you know. <laughs> could you imagine being that guy and then, like, you taking that tremendous L- and then you have to go and go to work. And, you know, I think the first thing people want to ask is about that little, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, I wonder how we, because I don't want to listen to the show. So if anybody listens to him, let us know what how he ever addressed it on his show. Because it'd be weird if he just, because I think the show takes calls too. Oh, so, right. you know. You know what? I might call in and, hey, man, I remember that little tweet. He probably just hang up. <laughs> oh, hey man, the black women that held you down, you know what I'm saying, when you were married to the class daughter, uh, do, click. <laughs> oh gosh, that is. Oh man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there, there there you go. So, you know, not just it's not just uh no. And black it, women fucking up, fucking up in these streets, man. There's plenty of yeah, black men yeah. fucking up too. So I guess on behalf yeah. of all men, we gonna we gonna all stand and hold that hell. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, all, yeah. We're not gonna exactly, we're not gonna exactly. just relegate that's, that's it to part. Brooklyn or Pittsburgh, wherever the guy's from. You know, that's that's a stain on all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we stood by and let him get this big, and <laughs> represent us. So. Yeah, we gotta hold that out too, man. <laughs> All, right, All right, bro. So, All right. Have a, have a good one.